This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing great, despite just seeing a human puke on donuts and turn into <laughs> a bug. I'm in a good mood. Return the fly with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, return this is just the fly. fly. <laughs> yeah, it's Dude, just, we will do return someday. It is just the fly, but I have to sing the Misfits if we get a chance. Oh, I'm never going to argue with that. <laughs> uh, just a uh, uh, disclaimer, this is a very late night podcast. So if it's very rambly and whatnot, that's why. Yeah, we had to get this out of the way because our schedule got all messed up. We already have the next episode recorded and then we have the a guest on Mondays coming on so we can't bump that. I'm like, okay, let's just fucking do this now. Yeah, exactly. So you get what you get and honestly, with this kind of movie, it kind of deserves this version of Brett from Dimension Z because holy shit you want to talk about a movie that scarred me as a child the fucking fly from 1986 with Jeff Goldblum fucking David Cronenberg like you scarred me (laughs) I think everyone can say that about this movie it's dude it's so weird because on the surface you're just like oh it's this gross disgusting movie which is great on its own but when you actually watch it, I'm like, am I weird for wanting to cry during The Fly? No. What the fuck is wrong with me? It's so good. Rewatching this movie again for this uh, podcast, it really made me look into the movie. And I think I figured out why it affects me so bad is because you sympathize with the characters. You feel bad for Seth. You feel bad for Veronica. Even the guy that, like, is trying to, take like, date her, you kind of feel bad for a tiny bit, you know? It's it's a well-written movie that also has ex- extreme gore and, like, body horror and whatnot, which I think it just makes it even more, like, it gets to you. Yeah, and I think we've talked about body horror, I mean, so much on this show. I think this might be the prime example, and this is the one where I really get why body horror is more terrifying than a demon in your house or a masked psycho trying to kill you, because you can't escape it. You can't run from it. It is you. So to escape it is to die, like, is the only option, pretty much, or to find a cure or something like that. So it's... It's so much more claustrophobic and frightening, this kind of horror movie, compared to a lot of others that we do. Like, this one, Cabin Fever, I can think about, is also one that, like, that series of, like, your body is melting and you can't help it. But The Fly just is even more, because you're turning into something else. It's not just your body, like, dissolving or, like, turning into nothing. It's you turning into something else that you are now figuring out on your own. And even like in middle of the movie, I know we'll get there, but he's like, do you know anything about uh, (laughs) insect politics? And she's like, no, he's like, neither die until recently. Oh yeah. It's his mental transformation, but he's still there. Like along with his body is something else. Like he's still doing science and stuff. It's weird, but he's like half of a fly. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, and also let's talk about the other thing. Do you call this a remake? Uh, Yes, technically, yes. I mean, technically, I do get that. In the same way, The Thing is a remake of The Thing from Another World. Yeah. But I think that's where it pretty much stops. I think just like The Thing, I get the source material. But I don't think I can in good conscience say, oh, it's just a remake of that. Well, it almost seems like an updated version of, like, that's where they were in the 50s. Of, like, that was, like, that scared the fuck out of people in the 50s when you see the original fly. And I remember being in an elementary school, like, not that long after seeing this, seeing the original one, and still being like, oh, yeah, that is still fucked up. Yeah, it's, I don't know how to explain I do like that original still, but this one, I just think, did something special. Oh, it's the effects. It's the effects plus the story. The story is so, like, good and whatnot and it draws you in it like i said before it makes you care about the people that when the fucked up shit happens to the people you're like oh it hurts even more now i think the transformation too it's not just a quick transformation in this one it's agonizing and long and it is the story the story itself is the transformation i think that's what makes it different too yeah and even like we were talking about before the podcast started like there's the middle part like right after he like goes through the transporter and like they hook up again and then like she kind of feels the hairs that's when everything changes there's almost like two short movies stuck together but it works oh great so the Fly, 1986, directed by David Cronenberg, as we mentioned. Oh, 1986, episode 86. Cool. Oh, nice. Uh, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So, Seth Brundle, played by the incredible Jeff Goldblum. Oh, I, my God. Side note, I always love when we get, like, main actors in these movies, like, huge names, like, who aren't necessarily known for horror. It's always just kind of a fun little treat once in a while. But... Jeff Goldblum has stayed the exact same person from this until, like, his career now. Like, he just plays a version of Jeff Jeff Goldblum in that story, almost, kind of thing. Oh, yeah, it's different settings of Goldblum, but it's always Goldblum, no matter what he's playing. Because even in this movie, like, which is early in his career, you have to say, with, like, it's, what, 86, you know? This is before Jurassic Park and all that he is already having those mannerisms and whatnot that he's still famous for today. Where if you watch like Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie and he's in that, he's still kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. He's still Seth Brundle or Dr. Ian Malcolm, no matter what he is. Yeah. He, same dude. It's Je- it's like Nicholas Cage. I know I'm watching a Nicholas Cage movie. That's like, Oh, it's a Jeff Goldblum movie. Cool. <laughs> yeah. He's at some science fundraiser party. Is that the way you're trying to see it? Like, with a bunch of reporters and donors and stuff? Yeah. Is that what this is? It's like, yeah, I would say, like, donors. Like, you're trying to get, like, your publicity out there. Like, you're trying to, oh, this is what I'm working on. I'm working on a backwards uh, microwave. It makes things cold really fast. Huh. I'd like to invest. I forget which movie I was watching recently. I think I watched it last night, and I can't remember it. But they were, like, going in-depth about, like, the... Oh, I know what it was. It was the Pam and uh, Tommy show. The guy that, like, stole Pam and Tommy's sex tape. 
uh, supposedly was uh, like this inventor and his big thing was like, oh, I want to make a backwards microwave that like makes things cold really fast. Like a microwave thing makes things hot really fast. (laughs) (laughs) It it draws in again because even last episode we were talking about that, I think. Oh, we might. Well, our episodes are so backwards right now from when we record to when they release. But um, and then we meet Veronica. She's a reporter talking to him. And which I want to really quick point out, it's Gina Davis from Beetlejuice. Yeah. And holy shit. She I know we're going to talk about Goldblum and how great he is. Yeah. But it doesn't work without her. She's also just killing it in this movie. Yeah, she is awesome. She's talking to him and he's trying to you know, to talk about a science with her, and she isn't interested, goes away, he's like, yeah, but I'm working on something that's going to change the world as we know it. And she says, that's what everybody here thinks they're doing. Exactly. Goes, yeah, but they're wrong. <laughs> and honestly, he's on to the biggest, like, breakthrough. Because growing up, I was a fan of Star uh, Star Trek. I also like Star Wars, but I was such a fan of Star Trek. And I love their idea of transporters. Of in two seconds, I could transport to Greg's house and do this podcast live. I would much rather do that than sit here in my own room alone. You know, like I've always wanted to be able to transport to California because there's some concert going on and then transport back tonight. That's been a dream of mine. And I think that's another reason why this movie gets to me is because it's also so scary of like, yeah, but what if? Yeah, and it brings up the whole idea of if you teleport, you disintegrate yourself and put yourself back together. Is that you being put back together? Or is that a copy of you being assembled that thinks it's you and the old you is destroyed? And I think about this way too much when watching stuff like that. Yeah, do they handle it the Star Trek way where they never really talk about it and they're like, oh yeah, it's just a thing that happens? Or do they do it the fly way where it's a horrific thing where your body is like transformed into a million atoms then you're reassembled or the Willy Wonka way with Mike TV yeah exactly look at me I'm on television but he's like an inch tall (laughs) he gets her to go back to his lab which is also his apartment to check out what he's working on I have to say if we were just talking about like a few episodes ago or whenever about Nosferatu of you open the door and this weird bald man like it's like hello if Jeff Goldblum is like, come back to my weird factory, like, I live in an alleyway, no one's ever around, go up three stories to my, like, apartment, quote-unquote, that's, like, padlocked, it's like, oh, I have a lot of trust in you. Yeah, it's weird. And she, at least, you can tell she gets the something is off vibes right away. Oh, yeah, she's very, at least, the, exactly, like you said, like, she acts like, okay, um... I'm going to be a little cautious following this man into a what looks like abandoned warehouse. Yeah, and she does go in and right away he starts playing the piano. She's like, oh, you have the wrong idea. Goes to leave. And he goes, well, I can't let you leave because you've seen it. I'd have to kill you. Not Even though we are a horror <laughs> podcast, this is clearly a joke at this point. And he I'm, is not actually threatening her life. I love even on the piano, he's like, da-da! <laughs> <laughs> but... She goes, seen what? And then he shows her the telepods, which are exactly what you'd think. You go into one pod, you teleport over to the other one. It'll revolutionize travel, shipping, everything as we know it. But it doesn't quite work yet. He can only do it on inanimate objects, nothing living yet. 
Right, where she's like, oh yeah, very nice, like, retro phone booths, like, it's really, like, nice art, and he's like, no, you don't get it. He's like, give me something very personal to you, and at first she takes off her shoe, and I'm like, okay, he's, she's gonna, like, hand her, you know, the shoe, but then she takes off, like, her pantyhose, and it's like, here, take this, and he's like, okay. Well, I think he said something unique, um... Something more that just he wouldn't have, so you can't say, well, you just had that in there, knew I'd pick that. That specific shoe and that specific size, though, like, I get what they're doing, they're kind of building, like, oh, okay, like, these guys are going to be a couple kind of thing, but it's also like, oh, yeah, she's kind of flirting as well. Yeah, you're right, well, they do have great chemistry, and they become a couple later on, but he shows her, it teleports the stocking over the next one, and she's clearly shocked about it and she turns on a recorder like what are you doing just well you want me to get the quotes right he's like oh no you can't write about this dude you invited the reporter at the science show back to your apartment and showed her your invention (laughs) what the fuck did you think she was gonna do he's i think he's just like oh look there's gina davis like hi do you want to come over to my place and that's as far as he thought I mean, I get it. I definitely get it. But she leaves. The next day at work, her boss, who... How do I pronounce this guy's name? Statham? Statham? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, anyway, he is a man of many hats in this movie. He is her boss, her editor, and her ex. So yeah. if I mention any of those titles, it's this guy. Yeah, which is really weird. Like, could you imagine, like... Okay, you're dating someone for, like, who knows how long. Even a couple weeks is going to be awkward. You break up. Now that's still your boss. Yeah, dude, I don't even, like, add coworkers on social media because I think it's too awkward. I can't imagine that. Fuck no, because they're going to see me tweeting about, like, the weird horror movies I watch all the time. It's like, God, he's up at 4 a.m. still watching Mystery Science Theater? Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) But... Boss X editor Statham doesn't believe what she saw because she only has a bit of an audio recording. And he goes, he got you with a magic trick. It's right. very convincing, but you fell for it, which honestly is what you would think. There's no way you would actually believe it without concrete proof. And right then, phone buzzes and it's Seth Brundle, Jeff Goldblum, showing up. And okay, send him in. And he's like, I'll give you to the room, leaves. And he's like, I really don't want you to write about this. What if I say the magic word? Cheeseburger. Yes. <laughs> Which immediately piques my interest, and I'm like, hmm, I'm hungry all of a sudden. Yeah. They they do get lunch at this really cool-looking diner. Yeah. I like it. It reminds me of a place we have around here. And he's trying to convince her not to write about it. He says, look, it doesn't work right yet. It only teleports inanimate objects. I'm working on it. Why write an article when you can write a book on it? Like, I'll let you stay with me, study everything with me, and you can get the full story. And she agrees to that. Right. It's kind of the thing of like, okay, do you want to hang out with me and be my friend? Then I'll give you the story. Or like, hi, Gina Davis. Do you want to come have dinner with me and come over to my apartment? I'll give you a book's worth. (laughs) Here's the next scene is weird. And it's even weird when we look further into the movie from here. Hmm. But she gets back to her apartment and... Statham, I know I'm probably saying that name wrong, so I'm just going to say her um, ex is in her... Sh- it's like Stathis Borantz or something. It's really weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's in her shower. It's like, what the hell are you doing in my house? 
And he's like, well, I still have a key. And this is where we learn, like, how they're exes and everything. So what about the Brundle guy? Oh, I don't think I'm going to run with it. You need to get out. Like, I was looking into him. He actually might be onto something. But she kicks him out. And he's like, give me the key. I think I'll hang on to it. He's such a piece yeah. of shit that it's wild that by the end of the movie, he almost redeems himself. And I'm like, I don't know if I like that I feel like he redeems himself but, but he becomes almost a completely different character by the end even the, the fact that he's like I'm not going to give you the key back to your own apartment that you like gave me and like and trust and now you're asking for it back and I'm not going to give it back to you so I can just like randomly break in and use your shower cook some food what's on the television like it's weird. Yeah, it's just which makes exactly. me not feel bad for the guy later when he gets like half melted. Yeah, <laughs> Seth and Veronica are working together for the first time next, and they test it on a baboon, and it does not reform pop properly. Oh it basically God. is turned inside out. It is like you see its intestines. Like at first, like they put the baboon in the telepod. It transports over to the other one there's just like a bloody fist that hits the window they open it up this thing is completely inside out and just screaming so it's still alive imagine this shit oh it's terrifying imagine even and having this to is see just the this beginning part. like even just the part of like hi come over to my apartment i'm gonna turn a baboon inside out oopsies like <laughs> <laughs> and what's he say next? I must not kn know enough about the flesh myself. I'm going to have to learn. Because he's saying the computer can't understand the flesh and know how to put it back together properly. And yeah. that's his new goal. Well, that's where um, Gina Davis... I know she has a <laughs> character name. I'm just going to call her Gina Davis. Um, Veronica. Yeah. She like is like, oh, I'm going to buy steaks for us. And Jeff Goldblum has like no interest. Until he's like, wait a minute. Give me the steak. I'm going to send it through the teleporter to see if it changes it. Because he's a scientist and it like sparks an idea. And yeah. he has like, okay, taste this one. It didn't go through the teleporter. She's like, okay, this is really good. And she tastes the one that did go through the teleporter. And she's like, no, this tastes synthetic. Like, it's weird. Yeah, like, I wonder what that did taste like. I won't lie. Like, when she says it tastes synthetic, you almost get like a weird taste on your tongue. Yeah. I can part of your get brain. Like, I'm like, I, a weird fake plastic taste is what I think of. Yeah, you know, like a TV dinner steak. Yeah, exactly. Like a Salisbury steak that only costs like 75 cents. So you know it's like exactly. not actually meat. <laughs> yeah. But that goes on. She leaves to go buy him clothes because he does the whole Einstein thing. <laughs> Where he doesn't wear the same clothes every day because he has, like, seven different sets of the same clothes. Which is so nerdy and cheesy of, like, Seth Brundle to do. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm a huge Einstein fan in the 80s. Like, he did this. I'm also a genius. I'm gonna do this, too. Like... Yeah. I mean, it's literally working for him, though. And do you want to know when his light starts going downhill? Huh. When he gets a new jacket. Oh, yeah, he puts on the leather jacket, and all of a sudden, like, later he's like, cool fly guy on the town. Exactly. <laughs> See, you should have just stuck with his clothes that he always wears. Yeah. She leaves, though, to go buy him the new clothes, and her psycho ex-boss follows her, and they have, like, a meltdown fight in a store <laughs> while she's buying Seth clothes, and it's 
It's kind of pathetic. <laughs> yeah, he's really... This, like, ex-boyfriend guy is such a hanger-on and so much of a, like, please love me again. Like, dude, get the picture. She's rather, like, go hang out with this half-fly person than you. Well, he's not half-fly yet. Not but yet, yes. but later on, she's still hugging all over him when she shouldn't be. Also, I forgot to mention when they were in bed earlier when they got the idea for the whole steak experiment... He rolls over onto a microchip that, like, stabs him and he pulls it out. He has, like, a small cut. Nothing bad. But two things about this. This guy is so backwards that he's apparently working on microchips in bed. Yeah, true. I love how he's like, I forgot where that went. And two, this is a metaphor as hell because he's literally stabbed in the back by his own technology. Oh, nice catch. That's very true. And which is exactly what the plot of this movie is. That's a nice one. Because that is also, like, that, I guess it's that cut or whatever, is the very first sign of the fly, where, like, the weird hairs are coming out. Yeah, definitely. When they're working again, him and Veronica, they successfully teleport the baboon for the first time. Like, not inside out, just goes normal. And I love when he opens up the telepod, and the baboon runs out and jumps and hugs him. He's yeah. all scared, kind of. I don't know why. I love the baboon. <laughs> we don't get many shots of it, but what we do, I really like it. Yeah, I love it. Like, exactly like you said. I love the baboon jumping out and just hugging him. Like, oh my god, what the fuck just happened? I'm scared. Help me. <laughs> like... <laughs> They're having a champagne celebration. They're going to order Chinese food. Veronica walks over to the piano and finds this envelope on top of it. It's a letter with a mock-up cover for the science magazine she works for from her boss. And she gets pissed. And she's like, I gotta go. What's the term she uses? Well, she's like, I almost have to, like, take care of my other life before I start this new one kind of thing. Yeah, she like tear off the something. I have to like I rip off the band aid of like this other life or something like that. Yeah, and she leaves. I was like, but what about Chinese? He's so sad. Yeah. They're having like, I think this is like the biggest day of his life. He just successfully teleported a living being. He just teleported a living being. There's a girl in this house. He's doing really well. <laughs> Yeah, like, exactly. Remember back in the day before, like, you had your significant other, and you would have a girl in your house, and you're like, yes, I, like, today's a win. Even if, like, nothing happens other than we, ha- than we hang out. Like, yes, there was a girl inside my house, and she didn't flee f- from the sight of my decor. <laughs> like... <laughs> When she goes and, like, confronts her ex about it, there's this big argument, and she agrees to work with him on a professional level. Nothing more, just keep him posted about what's going on with Seth and everything. Right. And we go back to Seth, who is now drunk, talking to the baboon. <laughs> I love this scene. I just love, it's just a, a scientist talking to a monkey, and he's drunk. Just like, I'll yeah. I'll tell you who can teleport you the monkey. I could teleport to my, I already teleported you, monkey. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, you seem fine. <laughs> he like kind of pokes it. Like, yeah. Yeah, you seem okay. I'm sure it's fine. Well, because the monkey's swatting at a fly that's flying around him. Yes. Very important. Yes. No joke. Oh my God. Like. He gets inside and he's going to test the telepod on himself. A fly gets in. He does not notice the fly in there with him, but the teleportation works. He comes out on the other side successfully, comes out all, like, Terminator-looking with the steam and everything with no clothes. Yes. 
Oh my god, yeah, if you're like if you're into guys, Jeff Goldblum is the hottest looking guy at this moment. He steps out, his abs are glistening, he's naked, he's like triumphant looking. It's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it works perfectly. Ronnie comes back, um, he tells her it worked, just like you did it without me. He's like, I was drunk, but I did record the whole thing for you. They're making out, and this whole scene is just to reveal the little fly hairs on his back. Right, and this is also where, like, uh, Seth Brundle becomes, like, a sex fiend for, like, a split minute of, like, later on, him and Gina Davis are, like, going at it, even where she is like, I need to take a break. How are you still like this? (laughs) Yeah, he's laying down in the middle of the night, there's a fly, I don't... Oh, clearly not the oh, same right. fly as earlier, because we know what happened. But buzz around, and he, like, out of sleep, wakes up and catches it, like, instantaneously, like, instinctively. And kind of, like, it's his first spark in his mind of, like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, side note, have you yeah. seen the original fly from the 50s? I have, yes. Have Do you remember the scene at the very end where the detective and the other guy are sitting on the bench, and they're beside the spider web? And they hear the tiny, like, fly person in the spider web, like, help me! Help me! Yeah. Are you, were you expecting that scene, like, the first few times you watched this movie? Like, were you exactly weren't expecting what was going to go on? Or did you think they were going to cut that? I saw this one first. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so no, I did not expect that at all. <laughs> well, it's just, imagine, like, that scene in this movie, how horrific that would be from, like, the fly's perspective of, like, what the fuck am I? Like, all of a sudden, I'm very weak, I'm very cold, like, <laughs> I feel exposed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is, is this also his, like, superhero montage? Yeah, this is when uh, he, uh, Gina Davis wakes up in the morning, and Jeff Goldblum is already awake, and he starts doing, like, gymnastics of, like, he's, like, doing handstands on the chair, then he's doing, like, uh, gymnastic tricks on, like, the pole that's in his house. Oh, like, an insane, like, Cirque du Soleil level, like, he's doing full spins and running on the ceiling, like, while holding the pole. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, he's a superhero. And this is where he starts thinking, like, oh my god, like, and this is when, like, they go on the date, and they're kind of walking down the street, they end up going to, like, a coffee shop, and it's the first sign of, like, he will not stop putting sugar in his coffee. Where, like, flies love sugar. Is that supposed to be a fly thing? Like, yeah, that's what I was asked. That makes sense. Yeah. And he's like, I cannot, like, I'm guessing that the uh, telepod, like, broke me down and reassembled me perfectly. So I am now the perfect human. That's why I feel like this. Which, if you think, Seth must have had at least two or three amazing days of just, like, I feel like the greatest person in the world until his fingernails start falling off. Oh, yeah. When they're at the coffee thing, like, you think he's, like, cracked out, though. Like, yeah. He's talking so fast and loud, just dumping sugar into his coffee. He's nearly screaming, like, waiter! Waiter! Like, just yelling the whole time. He's not mad, but, like, just a million miles a second. How a fly is, like, like, yeah. Exactly. And again, hats off to Goldblum for being able to pull off that performance. Which, there are not many actors that can pull out pull off bat shit crazy and still make it work. It's like Jeff Goldblum and Nick Cage. 
Yeah, exactly. Nick Cage would have been my other one I picked, so very well done. Like, think about, like, I know Vampire's Kiss is, like, very much a comedy kind of thing, but think about his performance in that and how he's playing it straight. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! We'll get there one day, people. (laughs) Oh yeah, we will. Um, But so yeah, the coffee shop thing, that's where we're at, right? Okay. Next is a sex scene that we referenced that has allegedly been going on for hours, and Veronica again finds the fly hairs, and she cuts them. Oh, yeah. I don't know why she keeps them. Well, I guess to have them tested, we do know why. Which is very smart on her end. I also love how she makes the comment of, like, I don't know how you have any fluids left in you. Yeah, dude, like, even... Uh, I'm not going to go too far into that, but yeah, think about that. <laughs> yeah. As long as they've allegedly begun, yeah, you would be, like, oh, a shriveled God. up, like... Even just sweat and everything. Yeah, you'd be done. Like, I would have to be in Jeff Goldblum's shape to be able to go for that long, and even he can't. Like... Yeah. Right after, he wants her to teleport. Like, oh, he has the idea, like, I'm doing so good, we should teleport you, it'll be great. She won't do it, they fight, and Seth storms out. Yeah, he's like, forget you then, I will find someone who will come on my level. You don't want to be the peak perfect person kind of thing i will find someone who will be you can let yourself out kind of thing of like he all of a sudden has this like weird mindset of like i need someone that's on my level that i can keep up with you're not it i'm gonna go find someone i can trick into this teleporter the other thing too he's it's not gross yet he just looks like he's having a bad skin day at this point yeah he has like weird acne kind of thing going on yeah he's not deteriorating yet it's not even like a bad case of it he just looks like he has some mild like bumps and blemishes on his face yeah which any normal person does but in hollywood no that means you're turning into a fly oh exactly yeah if hollywood is going to show that you're a disfigured horrible person like (laughs) (laughs) how dare you (laughs) (laughs) He goes to a very sketchy looking bar and he hits on this girl that's leaning against the bar and challenges the arm wrestlers. What does he say? A hundred bucks like yes. on where he, he like he comes up to the bar. He finishes off like one candy bar and he opens up another one and starts talking to like, and I don't mean this by any offense whatsoever, but like a bar woman where she looks like a hardcore biker of just like, she's kind of gnarly kind of thing. That's just kind of cute. Kind of, a little bit, but you get what, she's hardcore. Okay, yeah. Where she, Tough. it's like, oh, well, who do you have? And he's like chewing on a candy bar, it's so funny. He said, it's Jeff Goldblum leaning against the bar in a leather jacket and no shirt, eating a candy bar, hitting on a woman. <laughs> he's like, oh, I forget who she says, but I was like, oh, I hope Charlie wins. He's like, I bet you I can beat Charlie. Yeah, he challenge him, he's like, if I win, I get the money, and the girl goes home with me, or something like that. But they arm wrestle, and he breaks the dude's arm yeah. like bone out of skin, and leaves with the girl. Which is, I also like love her response of like, "Hey, what the fuck do you mean? I don't have a say in this." Like, I love they put that in, even in the eighties. Boom, back then it was like very not the norm to put that kind of thing in. At least they put the thing in of like, I still have a choice. Yeah, good on you, Cronenberg, because yeah. most movies, as we know back then, gives girls no agency. They're like, hee 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 hee, who's the biggest and strongest? I'll fuck him. 
<laughs> but when he leaves with the girl and you get some shots of them walking around the city, I do want to point out that there's a motorhead vest. That's all. Oh, and very nice. They go back to the apartment. He's looking real, starting to look really splotchy yeah. here. He's looking like he's a crackhead, and he's, like, not gotten his fix in a few days, and he's starting to get, like, splotchy, like, itchy skin. Exactly. Um, she's like, I, there's no elevator. I'm not going up all those. And he just carries her up all the steps because, again, super, not human strength, fly human crossover strength. Yes. And he shows off the telepod to her. He goes through it again. So, like, she sees that, and then we get a sex scene. Tries forcing her into the telepod. He's like, don't be afraid. And by the way, this is such an iconic line that almost nobody knows where it comes from. And this is the the first case of it, as far as I can tell in what I've seen. Yeah. Because he says, don't be afraid. And Veronica comes back and you just hear her say, be afraid. Be very afraid. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And like, you know, it's so weird that no one attributes that to the fly, but this is where it came from. Yeah, very true. And it's a very ominous, like, line of just, like, this random other woman shows up and says that. And it's like, what happened to you, or what's he trying to do? Yeah. Uh, I think that was actually the tagline for the movie, if I'm correct. I'm not positive on that. Oh, it is, yes. Oh, okay, cool. And the new girl leaves... Ronnie's telling him she had the hairs analyzed, and it's weird. They couldn't tell what they were, but they eventually identified them as insect hairs. Yeah, and at this point, like, Seth is, like, having none of it. He's like, okay, like, I I don't know really what you mean. Like, no, I'm fine. Like, look at me. And she's like, you look horrible. You smell terrible. Yeah, flies stink. Yeah. Well, they're over shit all the time. Well, I mean, I don't even know if that's the case always. Like, But, you know, when you squish them, it's like yeah, nasty smelling. Yeah. But he kicks her out after punching through some support beams randomly. He's like, see, I'm fine. Again. And it's like, yeah, yeah you're that's fine. Good... That's the perfect way to show it, right? Yeah, punch, punch the wall in front of the woman you like. That's going to work out really well. Uh, he looks in the mirror, and there's starting to be hairs coming out of everywhere. They're coming out of his face now, like, in grotesque detail. Like, places where you wouldn't normally have hair coming from your yeah, face. Yeah, and he, like, takes the tri- his, like, beard trimmer, and he tries to, like, cut them. And they're too, like, hardcore for, like, the beard trimmer to cut. So he has, like, he throws that into the bathtub. It breaks into a million pieces. This is when, like, he starts biting his fingernails, which I have an issue with. Ugh. Where, oh yeah, he starts biting his fingernails, and it comes off in his mouth, and they're oozing. It like squirts pus at the oh, mirror, well, like this yellow nasty uh, phantasm mustard pus. <laughs> Look at the mirror. This is where my childhood trauma started: is seeing him squeeze his finger and pus shoot into the mirror. And him pulling his own fingernails off. This is where it starts. This is it. Yeah, you're right. This is the first, like, gross that makes me, like, cringe scene. Yeah. Like, in a good way. But yes. He goes back to the telepod and is checking the logs. And he finds that there was a second element in the teleportation. And he finds out they both didn't teleport. They were both fused. So his teleporter has become a fusion machine now. At like a molecular level or whatever, where it's like at their DNA, they've become one kind of thing. So he's like a hardcore scientist. He knows like, oh, 
So there's no reversing this. I've changed. And like, at first he thinks it's like a cancer thing or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't think he's assuming, yes, I am part fly now. Yeah. Uh, we get a four weeks later card and he calls Veronica, asks her to come see him. Actually, I don't know if we get the card. I think we just get that from the dialogue. My mistake. But she comes over and he looks hideous yeah. and explains what happened. He's wearing oven mitts, I think. Or no, like weird, like gardening gloves that's right yes using two canes it, his face looks like he's been all burnt he's oozy and he's explained to her about the fly the fusion everything he picks up a donut and pukes on it because you know flies they spit on stuff and that's how they eat and it's that i think is my grossest moment oh, is the yeah. donut puke where he's just like, oh, I'm sorry, that's disgusting, I'm very sorry. Like, he's apologizing, but he's starting to sound like this. And he's starting to go twitchy, and whatnot, like. He's apologizing, but also seems to have already accepted, oh yeah, this is just me. Yeah, like, oh, I'm sorry, how I am. Yeah, and his ear falls off. Yeah, where he, like, reaches up and touches his ear and it falls off. Where, like, a minute before, he's like, it's fine, I've already accepted I'm dying. And his ear falls off. He's like, holy shit, my ear falls fell off. Help me. And he, like, hugs her. And then, like, we see, like, he puts... There's a collection of body parts oh. that have fallen off. And he puts the ear there with the rest of it. Okay, here's the obvious question, yes. Brett. I haven't analyzed all the body which parts. One of his, which one is, is his penis? Yes, okay. Exactly. Because you know it's gone. Yeah, there's no, flies don't have a dick as far as I know. Yeah, so there's no reason for a fly to have a penis. So that's one of the first things gone, I'm guessing. Which, as soon as my <laughs> penis falls off, I'm like, God fucking damn it! I can't even, like, jerk off at the end of the day and make today better. Like, God damn it, like, fuck this! I'm jumping out a window. Dude, I'm glad that you knew where I was going with that before I even had to say it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, my dick fell off. My balls fell off. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I need those things to keep going. I like those things because they make me feel nice. If those are gone, <laughs> what am I doing here? Like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm finding a giant well, fly zapper and jumping into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he would have to do it, isn't it? Well, no, we know it's not. But the boss editor X tells Veronica, don't see him again, which honestly probably sound advice. Yeah, which I he's like, you don't know if he's contagious, which honestly you don't. Well, actually you probably do once he understands the fusion and everything, then you would know it's not. But I get the I'm concern I'm still for not going to be hugging him. Yeah, but she doesn't listen. There's... I'm going to say this a lot. She goes back to the apartment. Because that's what we do. That's how we get the progression of his transformation. Right. Is her leaving, her coming and back. every and time you go back to now. that apartment, it's horrible. Yeah, it just gets... You keep thinking they can't top it, to be honest. And that's yeah. what's so good about this. Like, if you would have seen me the pulling the fingernails off and squirting the pus, I'm like, oh, it's not going to get any worse than that. And then the puking on the donut, the ear falling off, I'm like, oh, it can't get worse than that. Every time it seems to, though. Yeah, where he's like... Like you said, he's adding things to the collection of Brundle. He's like, it's it's the uh, Museum of Brundle uh, Natural History. <laughs> you want to see it? I have my nose in there. Like, <laughs> 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 she goes back. 
And he's crawling on the ceiling and wall and even worse looking. And this is where we first get the term Brundlefly. He goes, I'm not Brundle and I'm not a fly. I'm becoming Brundlefly. And he's the first of his kind and starting to... But he's still a scientist, so he's really interested in documenting what Brundlefly is and how he does things and all this. And this is also the big switch, I think, from he was like very like into what was going on with his body, then he was deteriorating. And this is almost his comeback of, like, he's crawling on the wall, he's, like, feels, like, more positive, I think, than her last visit, which I think is just him going more towards the fly, of he's, like, that middle part was him, like, half fly, half human, now he's, like, more fly than human at this point. Yeah, and he's almost all in on it now, because now it's what he does. He's a scientist. Now it's like, oh, I have to study this, even though this is me. He makes a video on how he eats, like he's making these little informational videos, which is a nice cut, because <laughs> then it cuts to the editor watching it in disgust, which is all of our reactions, too. Yeah, and because they don't show him throwing up on the f- food, but you already know what has happened. And he's also I also love how he's treating it like, watch this, kids. Yeah. Uh, do you want to see how Brundlefly eats? Like this. And we've already seen it happen, so yeah. we know what it is. Um, Ronnie starts crying, and her ex is like, what's wrong? And then we get the fucking bombshell of, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. Like, did you get pregnant before the fly happened? After? We're not sure. Yeah, I mean, we are, but that's a benefit of sequels. Yes. Which is a movie I still need to watch is The Fly 2. Uh, the sequel to this one, not the original. <laughs> oh, I, I won't give you any spoilers then. Yeah. Um, we have the scene of her getting an abortion. The doctor is David Cronenberg yes. himself. Always love his ca- cameos. And a fucking larva comes oh out. My God. It's a dream, of course. Do you want to talk about, like, I sent you a Snapchat of this, like, way earlier when I was watching it, and I was just like, holy shit, this movie is fucked up. Because I remember seeing that scene as a child, when you're just learning what birth is. Let alone, now she's giving birth to a fly larva. Like, holy fuck! Yeah, it is messed up. Yeah. Dude, you know what, like, a saying this makes me think... I bet you if this movie never came out and we released it as is today, it would still, like, shock people and, like, be just as good as when it did release in 86. Oh my god, it it still affects me today. Like, I watched, I finished it a few hours ago, and it still, like, affected me where I had to take a second and be like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is why I don't watch this movie very often. Because it is just so, like, it's something about you're a person, and you're in your own body. You know how your body is. You know, like, how you feel. You know what you do. You know what feels good. Now, you're changing completely away from that. And you're liking it. It's just like, oh, it's still, like, it makes me want to puke still this movie. And I still love it. It's my number. This movie is still my number one gross out movie ever. You might be right on that. That's it's anyone who's seen it. It has to be up there for, I'm not saying it's everyone's number one, but if you've seen it, there's no way it's not near the top. Yeah. This one just so like affect, I I think it's just seeing it at such a young age that 
it still affects me so badly. But I still bought the goddamn Fly Collection box set. Like, I had to have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I, I love that you have that. I <laughs> went to go find it, and all of a sudden it sold out everywhere. I'm like, oh, damn it. Yes, I got it on sale. <laughs> Brundle flies on the computer and trying to figure some stuff out, and the computer says to splice with human DNA to keep the fly DNA to a minimum. And that's interesting. Who's he going to use? He loses some more teeth. You know, everything's just going also, on. Also, at this point, his, like, fingers are fusing together where he has, like, one giant mid- middle finger with, like, his thumb is almost gone and whatnot. His skin is, like, he's, like, looks like it's really loose. And he's basically turning into, like, a cocoon-type thing. I'm in broken record here. It's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica comes over to tell him about the pregnancy, but she doesn't and starts crying. This is where we get the insect politics speech, yeah. which sounds like just a funny thing until you think about it, because politics are clearly human invention. You know, let's elect people, let's come up with this. Now, it never works this way, but come up with good ways to solve our problems and work together and stuff like that. It's like, but there is no insect politicians. Insects are cruel. They're brutal. Like, yeah. it's... Like, Realizing, and we get this fucking heartbreaking line where he's like, I had a dream I was a man once, but I'm not anymore or something like that. And holy yeah. shit, it's so fucking sad. It's like, I had a dream I was a man once, but I was always a fly. Now I've woken up. I'm Brindlefly. <laughs> and we get the, tells her to leave. I'll hurt you if, I, if you stay. Yeah. Again, just. Gross and sad. That's this movie. Really haunting of the thing of like, if you stay, I'm going to hurt you because I can feel it in my brain of I cannot control myself. Yeah. And she does leave. She's crying. And Brundlefly's watching her like at the car because uh, her ex drove her. She's, he's watching her tell him that she wants to go have the abortion right now. Like, and you know, I don't blame her because, oh, yeah. especially after the lore of a dream. And I totally get the thing of he's like, don't you just want to wait till later? And I get of her of like, I want this thing out of my body. Like as a guy, I could not believe like, or like understand whatsoever. Like having a creature inside your body. Now you're like afraid of, but it's still there yeah. growing. Like, after seeing him now, like after seeing what Brundlefly is oh, turning yeah. into, after if I was her, after seeing what Brundlefly turned into, I'm throwing myself down all of those stairs <laughs> and not even going to the doctor. I'm like, I got this. There's several flights. <laughs> uh, she's at the clinic, about to have it done, and Brundlefly bursts through oh. the window and takes her and this is the most like monster movie that this gets like yeah. classic monster movie it's very and, frankenstein for a minute <laughs> yeah definitely uh they're on the rooftop of his apartment and he's telling her the baby might be all that's left of the real me he's like don't kill me like that's all that's left yeah. of me and it's really sad but it's also like that's not my issue like you did this to yourself yeah exactly it's the whole thing is a mess in yeah. a good way her ex slash now maybe current boyfriend is in the apartment though and sees the plan to fuse with Veronica and realizes what's going to happen. This guy is going after Veronica this entire movie. Do you think he ever had a shot, even if this all worked out perfectly? 
Um, well, they had a shot before, so maybe. I do not think he has a shot whatsoever. I think she's almost doing it as like, you're being really nice to me right now, and I need a ride around to my different areas, and you're my boss. So I can't be completely yeah. shitty to you, but there is no way we are ever getting back together. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. We <laughs> Beat me to it by a second. <laughs> uh, but he sees the plan, and Brundlefly sees him and, like, jumps down to attack him, grabs him, and pukes on his hand oh my God. and his foot that just melts Dude. both of his limbs into stumps. It's, oh, my God. Holy shit. I could go on about this, like, last ten minutes of this movie for an hour. Just how much it affected me. Like, imagine, and imagine the special effects they did of, like, he pukes on his hand, and it just melts in real time. They cut away a couple times, but you do see it actively melting. Like, Oh, yeah, and the steam coming off, the flesh, like, turning into wax. He even pukes, like, when he pukes on his hand, it's really fucked up, because it, like, turns into a fist, it goes down to, like, the wrist and whatnot. There's just the bone. Then he pukes on his ankle, which is through clothing. And, like, within ten seconds, it's all the way through. And his foot is off. Oh, yeah, it's gone. It is uh, He's about to kill him, I think. Like, he's at the verge of oh, killing him, but Veronica yeah. stops him. He's definitely about to, like, puke on his face and just end it all. Yeah, it's... But she stops him, he explains the fusion to her, and Veronica reaches up and tears his jaw off. Oh my god, dude. Oh. I remember just the fact this also lends me to like Jason goes to hell. Of if someone to, if somebody's jaw comes off in a movie and they are still alive, I'm done. This is the <laughs> worst thing I've ever seen. Jason Goes to Hell comes to mind. Hatchet comes to mind. Yeah, yeah there's a couple that do that pretty but well. But even Hatchet, I would rather Hatchet. Because Hatchet dies immediately. Jason Goes to Hell and this movie, they still live. Yeah, true. What, what do I do for like fun, Greg? I talk. What do you need to talk? <laughs> you have to have a jaw. This terrifies me. <laughs> After she tears his jaw off, I guess that sets off, like, yeah. the final bit of, like, skin shedding, because he transforms into full Ugh. fly. Like, he's just a fly. At this point, he has Veronica by her hand, by her wrist. Like, claws start coming out of his hand. His flesh is falling off. His head splits open with eyeball spillage. His eyeballs spill out of his head while it opens up. It's, it, it's incredible. I feel it's horrible great. just thinking about it right now. Like, I feel disgusting. I want to go take a shower. Yeah, it's something. Oh my god, else, this fucking scene. And think about the goddamn special effects to this thing. Oh, hats off to oh my Let's God. take a second and just, just everyone sit back, take a moment of silence, and clap for these guys. Like, you Holy guys crap. have ruined my life. I will forever, I will be on my deathbed. And if one of the final things I think about is like, what's the most horrific thing I ever, th like, saw? It's going to be, it's not going to be like, 
anyone dying. It's not going to be the time I got in a car accident and I saw like half my arm hanging off. It's going to be, oh yeah, when Jeff Goldblum's jaw came off and he like <laughs> split into the fly. That movie is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's it's incredible. He throws her into the telepod and then he gets into his pod. Yeah. At this point, he is 100% bug. He is Oh yeah, there's the no fly. more Jeff at all. He has yeah. the weird antenna things flicking around. He has the claws, the giant beady eyes that are going everywhere. Like, I don't know what part of him is still left to be like, okay, we need to do this. Yeah, but it is, and he gets in his pod, and the other guy whose stump has been melted down with his other hand shoots the connection cables between the two telepods, and as the fly is getting in, yeah, and as he's getting in, well, he no, disintegrates. That, no, the fly, that, uh, he shoots the telepod connectors to Gina Davis's uh, oh, that's right. telepod, and the fly starts getting out of the telepod. And that's when the countdown stops, and it teleports him to the third pod. And he becomes, right. and then it shows on the screen, which is, I think, this is one of the first times I saw this show up, of Brundlefly and Telepod, like, converted, or whatever. Like, they've become yeah, one because he was half in. Yeah, yeah, like, he was only halfway in. And so he's fused with the cables and everything. Oh my god. He comes crawling out of the third pod and holy crap dude veronica has the shotgun and with his weird little fly arm and look here's the other thing too this is a puppet when you think about it oh yeah and it's the most emotional scene in the movie i feel and so you bad realize it's a puppet because we saw the transformation the whole way there in your head you're fully thinking that's still seth brundle Oh yeah, exactly. That's this movie is so good to keep you there. Of like, this is still that character you've been like following this entire time, you know. But now, yeah. not only is he a fly human, he is also a fly human that is merged with machines, where there's weird tubes sticking out of them, like wires. There's like the weird, like I don't know what you want to call them, like the round, like things you know what i'm talking about of like around the telepod there's like the weird like oh yeah like shelf. the door like dome looking things yeah, yeah those are growing out of his back he looks like testuro the iron man which is like a movie from i forget where it's from overseas but basically like this guy becomes a machine over time and is set to like industrial music it's actually really good but all of a sudden he's like half machine and he's crawling towards her and he puts the gun up to his own head like do it like please and she won't she like pulls back she's like crying it's so emotional and whatnot you know and then she finally does blow his head off because she sees what he is and credits oh she cries very similar like honestly to the american werewolf in london ending yeah Shoes are crying for a second, and then credits. Holy Dude. shit, that is the fly. Oh my god. The, a movie that's terrified me from a very young age and still does. Holy shit, bravo on this goddamn movie. 
Oh, dude, exactly. <laughs> I wonder what the ratings are going to be for this oh. one. But yeah, it's such a great movie. Yeah. Um, you want to get into Count of the Dead? Yeah, so let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Which, oh. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I like your odds on this one. I, I feel really good about it. <laughs> all right. So for those who don't know, this is your first episode. The Throbbing with Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie we just watched. And we add them to our grand total of all the movies we've done. Last episode we did... Man, I don't even know where I'm at anymore. What was the last episode we did, I don't did, know Brett? where we are. It was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. Dun, 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 okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Which left us with a count of the dead of 956. Where do you think the fly brought us? Was there only one? I'm not allowed to answer that question, but I did say I liked your odds. I'm going to say there's only one. You are correct. Yes. The losing streak has ended. Woohoo! Which, oh my god, like, I just talked about how horrific this movie was and how much it traumatized me. And there's one death. Dude, there's some of the best horror movies. It's zero. I don't care. Like, as much as I love gore, how, like, it's seen a huge body count in horror movies. If you can make one with, like, none, I'm fine with it because it's so good. So I don't even care, like, in that sense. Yeah. One, which brings us to a count of the dead of 957. Which I'm even trying to think about, like, other, like, body horror movies that have, like, a ton of deaths. Like, um, fuck, Street Trash is a, like, melt movie where a guy melts into a toilet. There's a bunch of death in that. But this movie affects me just so much more. And I think it is, like, you care about the characters. The effects are really well done, where even today... You're not taken out of them, you know. No, not in the slightest. None of it really seems aged or anything like that. Yeah. Just just Jeff Goldblum's mullet. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and Jeff Goldblum just like, he's super ripped. He has abs. He's really tan. Like, no wonder she fell for him at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, every week Greg does this count of the dead, buzz, buzz, buzz. And I like to do my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> um holy shit what do i even do with this one i mean no, body, honestly choices. you know what i'm doing because this is the i'm doing body horror okay a number one body horror is like a 1950s movie where like they you don't even see the transformation they're all of a sudden in a rubber costume you know yeah which at the time that was the option yeah but they don't even care. You know, it's like that fucking movie I bought on Blu-ray the other day. I don't even remember what the name of it was. But the Creature movie from the 50s. Um, okay. Not from Black Lagoon. Those are all good. A number is The Creature. A number 10 body horror movie is The Fly from 1986. Okay. So this is fucking I, 10, I can agree with this. 10 out of 10. I mean, Jesus Christ, like, you want to talk about a body melt movie that makes you care about the characters and will gross you out and, like, traumatize you? Watch this movie. Show this movie to your child. Look what happened to me. Look where I am. (laughs) Well, I am in 100% agreement with you because I also went... 10 body horror. Holy shit. Horrors? Horror out of 10, which brings us to our first Hall of Fame yes. inductee in a long time. Yes, and The Fly from 1986 with Jeff Goldblum really, like, it needs it. 
it deserves it. I like I'm a, glad it's in there. Yeah, which I don't get to give this speech off. And so the Throbbing Horror Hall of Fame is any movie that me and Brett both rate a perfect ten out of ten. And the Hall of Fame is currently Halloween, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, Hereditary, Trick or Treat, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And the fly. Oh wow! So it was like November the last time we like had. Yeah, it's been quite a while. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Which this movie deserves it, and that's there's a oh, reason. One hundred percent. There's a reason why we don't always come like eye to eye because there's things I love and Greg doesn't love. There's things Greg loves and I don't love. This, but oh, definitely, and I never get mad about yeah. that because that gets us more movies, different takes on stuff. But every once in a while, we come like eye to eye and we just discover a perfect movie and this is one of them and i'm so happy yeah so congratulations to the fly for making into the throbbing horror hall of fame return the fly with jeff goldblum <laughs> man i could sit here and talk about this for another hour but it is also quarter till one yes. a.m oh so my God. i guess we'll just tell them what we're doing next week yes what are we doing next week greg Oh, I, I guess next episode, because if you guys haven't noticed, when we do new releases, it kind of messes up our schedule because they're never really planned. So that's why this is a midweek episode, and so we have a new release episode this Friday. Yes, randomly we do double features, which you're welcome. Yes, so our next episode will be X, the new movie 2022 directed by Ty West. Very nice. Which I'm excited to... We already did it. But yeah, it yes. was cool. So yeah, make sure you check out that episode. It has Brandon Keita, who was on our Hereditary episode, coming back. So that's always a fun time. Oh, and really quick, I do want to do an RIP to Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. We just covered their movie, Studio uh, 666. And I we went on and on about how we funny we thought his scene was, where he's like, I don't want to go talk to possessed Dave Grohl. You go talk to him. Fuck you. And he's fucking up the drum solo. Then he finally gets it right, and he gets like half decapitated by the cymbal. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, man, I it's a bummer. Like, and that sounds so underrated to yeah. say a bummer, but yeah, it's it's really sad he died. And I guess the one comforting thing is not comforting, but a holy shit, look what you did. You were in one of the biggest bands in the world, yeah. and you even broke into doing something like that. We're a horror podcast, and we were talking about him. So, look, hats off to the guy. What a life lived. Rest in peace. And a fucking hell of a drummer, man. Oh, yeah. Like they said, well, I think you even said, Dave Grohl is like one of the drummers of drummers. He's one of the top ones. And he picked him to be the drummer of the Foo Fighters. That says it all. Exactly. Well, but all right. To not end on such yeah. a bummer, <laughs> let's look forward to X on yes. Friday. And we got some cool stuff coming down the pipe. We got some really cool episodes coming up for you guys. So you have a lot of stuff to look forward to, hopefully. Yes, I can't wait. And that's all I got. That's all I got. Well, we hope that the fly with Jeff Goldblum has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else. 
subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare. <laughs>